Welcome beyond our focus. I'm Stefan. This is Amanda, and this is Let's Pull Laver about the drawing of the three uh, Dark Tower series by Stephen King. We're going to be in part two of the book, chapter three. Um, Odetta on the other side. Also, this is the seventeenth. A fancy Monday, the beginning of a week. Woo. Just next week. Next week Christmas? No, it's the week after, isn't it? Yeah. Is this week Christmas? Is next week? I don't know. No, it's no, day seventeenth. It would be it would be the, the following. Yeah. Oh, we just need to get it over with. Get it done with. So next week is Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So seventeenth, fancy Monday. Odetta on the other side. So yeah, so last time it was pretty much just we learn a little bit about what happened to Odetta as far as her legs. We mm -hmm. got to see Detta try to steal stuff and Roland, no. Roland no. just taking her and bringing her in. The last thing we got was the door was open, Roland willed the Lady of Shadows through it. Yes. The last line. And I really he, liked how they opened it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty much they wheeled her through and it just opens up with Roland thinking about the situation. Like how, you know, most people would react a certain way when something like this happens to them. Maybe freak out or, you know... Be like, where am I? Who are you? What are you doing? Like, what's going on? And instead, she just kind of is like, what exactly are you planning on doing with that knife, young man? But instead of being Dada, we are immediately switched right back to Odetta. Yes. So Dada decided to just, you know, I'm going back and hiding. I'm done with this for now. Odetta wakes up in a strange place. And her first response, because last... <laughs> Two chapters ago ended with Eddie with a knife at Roland's throat. Yes, because Eddie threatened that if he were to go through the door, that he would kill him. And so he literally stood so, over him with the knife. Very little has happened in two chapters, even yes. though we've read about a whole lot of things. Yeah. We went from Roland going in there to immediately, we got like five backstories of what happened and one thing about the ambulance and stuff. and Yeah. To finally going... From Eddie going down to roll it. All that took, what, 30, 45 seconds? Yeah, but, but it's a book. It's a book. It's a book. We've gone <laughs> through, like, three chapters. And of course, Stephen King is very good at wanting to describe everything. We're getting a lot of backstory. And we're going to get even more here about good old Odetta. Yes, yeah, so literally she asks that. And Rowan, who is now in his own body, so he is officially underneath... Eddie's knife. Mm -hmm. Just looking up at him and it's just like, yeah, what are you planning on doing with that, pretty much? His little response is, cut bait, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so it looks like I came here to fish, does it? No. So he just throws the knife. He throws it oh, kind of towards the chair, but farther off, and it just sticks into the ground. Well, he wasn't ever going to do anything. Yeah. No, it's... 
All his threats, he wasn't going to do anything. He said, Eddie said, sounding completely disgusted with himself. So, he knows that he went into a rage and did something just childish at this point. So, the lady was like, um... It was interesting because she's in a wheelchair. So, the first reaction is, if I am in a wheelchair, someone had to have pushed me. Mm-hmm. So, she was going to turn to ask... I wonder if you could please explain something. And she's still talking, even though she's turning, and there's no one behind her. So how is she getting pushed anywhere if no one is behind her? So she that is the first real moment of confusion that she has. Followed by so many more. <laughs> and then that's when all the questions start. So where am I? Who pushed me? How can I be here? How can I be dressed, for that matter? When I was home watching the 12 o'clock news in my robe, who am I? Where is this? And who are you? Who am I? She asked, the gunslinger thought. Yes. Who am I? How? It's... I like that it was like... Even now, I don't think she knows she asked it. Or when, because she had asked it before. Even before she had asked who they were, she asked who she was. She is utterly and totally confused about everything. Yes. So it's pretty much just... <laughs> the, the weird description that Eddie has of her is... I, he says a lovely young slash old face. Like, I <laughs> We've seen this, I think, multiple times they've said that about her. But her having an old face or a yeah. young face. And it's more determined upon which one she is. Yeah. Kind of how she looks. I don't know. But he, Eddie's kind of just like, he looks at her and then looks at Roland and is like, how come she doesn't know? Can't say. Shock, I suppose. Shock, huh? Shock took her... Uh, way back to her living room before she left for Macy's? you tell me the last thing she remembers is sitting in her bathroom listening to some... Okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Roland didn't answer. And then she's just like... Ish. Pretty much they had mentioned a name. Krista McAuliffe's. And she's like, who, who is that? Is she one of the missing Freedom Riders? And Eddie had no idea who the Freedom Riders were. No, no, no. Which that actually doesn't make sense. Because we'll get to that, but yeah. Um, You're trying to say he, he, he had to have been paying attention to school? He should have known who they were? Yeah, because if he was born then, he would have... The Freedom Riders... He he should have known that as he got older. Should he have? Because should he have paid attention? Should he have? Well, I guess it depends when he got into drugs. But saying is it something he necessarily had to know or remember for that fact? Just saying. We all had to learn it. I'm just saying. Either How good was Eddie way... in school? Uh. The next part I men- mentioned was The Shining, because Eddie is still really confused. 
because he, of course, was kneeling over Roland and he's watching the door. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing the same view that they were at the beginning. So through the eyes of Odetta. And seeing her and seeing her. And then when it turns, he sees himself. And that just kind of shakes him up. Because he sees himself just hunkering over Roland with a knife. And that freaks him out. But he said that it reminded him of The Shining. When the kid's staring, sitting at the hall, or sitting on the tricycle in the hall. And he sees the two girls at the very end of it. And I was like... King, you, you just like to reference your books and everything, don't you? Why not? <laughs> reference your own stuff. It's one way mm. not to get, you know, copyright. Uh, very much so. My next note was about the door. The door? The door does something very different this time than it did the first time. Um, I think my note was r- right before okay. that. Because that was in... That was 262. Well, that was like a page and a half from here. But it was the fact that it drove him crazy because, as I said, he saw himself, like, he saw himself being rushed towards himself because that was the view of Odetta. Mm-hmm. And then when she got pushed through the door, there was this ripping sound. Because what he noticed was this crazy mad lady. Like, just, he got he got a glimpse of her in a mirror, and it was this crazy, psychotic, just mad lady. She was pissed off. And then as soon as she came through the door, there was this ripping sound, and it was like that lady just disappeared. And he notices all this, and it just freaks him out really badly. But at the same time, he kind of forgets about this. Yeah, yeah he, he kind of just lets it go because she they just kind of wheel. And she just kind she right as she hits the door, of course, Roland goes back into her his own body. So the wheelchair just kind of scoots itself until it hits sand. Mm-hmm. And then the door. Fancy door. It doesn't just close and fall over this time. No. It's that some freaky interdimensional bull crap this time. <laughs> yes. Uh, Behind her, the doorway had already disappeared. Disappeared? That wasn't quite right. It seemed to fold in on itself like a piece of film run backwards. It began to happen just as the... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the mundane door. The door between the store and the dressing Blah, blah, blah. Maybe I don't know. Uh, and it was never going to see it. It happened or not happened before the shrinking space where the door... Between that world, and had disappeared entirely. Whatever. So yeah, it just just kind of folded in on itself until it just. Interesting door. So instead of just leaving any remnants whatsoever that it ever existed, just gone. Yeah. It it. It was just weird, and then the thing, the entire part, like the cool thing was, is that. Right before that happened, the vision stopped. Like, it froze. So, mm. instead of the... Because he was freaking out. Because, as I said, he felt like he was going to, you know... Pretty much, first off, he saw the clerk. Looked like he was about to just fall in. 
but then as I said the movie had become a still photograph and then it like you said it folded in on itself so then the woman starts talking again she's like won't somebody please explain where I am and how I got there to which Eddie of course in his wise ass remarks because he wouldn't be Eddie if he didn't do that well, I'll tell you one thing, Dorothy, Eddie said. He ain't in Kansas anymore. And this will not be the first or the last time. The, we, the oh, Wizard of maybe, Oz. <laughs> yeah, Wizard of Oz tends to play a lot of roles in these, these here books. And for some reason, him saying that just broke her. She just starts crying. And just... Eddie was like, oh, geez. So he looks at Roland. Roland doesn't do anything. And he's like, tell her. You brought her, so go on and tell her. And then tell me how come she doesn't remember herself. And Roland didn't say anything. He... He moved. Yeah, he kind of goes into an inner dialogue. All he did was go and pick up his knife. Yeah, he moved. And when the... Yeah, let me get my knife. Yeah. And then that's when Eddie was like... Because, literally, if you see a woman in a wheelchair bawling her eyes out, and Roland, if someone's standing next to you, and the woman asks a question, and the guy literally goes pretty much right next to her, except just to pick up his knife and not say a damn thing. That's Roland. Yeah. So, Eddie freaks out. Interesting dialogue with him in a moment that I was very, I liked quite a bit. Yeah. So, pretty much... He, Roland describes what it was like to be inside her mind. And he talks about how when he entered her mind, she freaked out. Like she was, she was fighting him the entire time. It was instant rage, terror, and just trying to shake him off. And... It was just insanity and fear. And he sa- it says he had only sensed darkness in her. This was a mind entombed in a cave-in. And then, except when they came through the door. It's just like everything... Eddie's mind was crazy in the fact that he was a junkie. And that was it. Being in Eddie's mind had been like being in a room with jittery, sweating walls. Being in the ladies had been like lying naked in the dark while venomous snakes crawled all over you. Yeah, no. You want to talk about that? Until the end. She had changed at the end. And there had been something else. Something he believed was vitally important. But either he could not understand it or remember it. Something like the doorway itself, only in her mind. Something about you broke the four special, it was you. Some sudden burst of understanding. And then Eddie just snaps in. Like, Roland's sitting here doing his inner dialogue thing and Eddie just snaps him out of it. (laughs) You're nothing but a machine. Which describes Roland pretty... Roland's very machine-like in a lot of times. But it's just kind of who he is. My next note is either on the end of your page or on the next page of yours. Um, I don't know. Pretty much uh, 
Eddie, of course, gets pissed off at Roland, walks to her to try to comfort her, and he holds he holds or he holds her and Roland is watching the entire situation. Mm-hmm. So Roland thinks to himself that Eddie will be all right now. His it, brother is dead, but he has someone else to take care of. So Eddie will be all right. Yeah, my n- note was literally 264 to 265 because a lot happens once again in Roland's mind. His inner dialogue. Oh yeah, there's uh, some heck of some inner dialogue going on here. Yes, because when he thought that, it just immediately hurt him. Because he's he's gone through so much for this damn tower, mm-hmm. and he protected Jake. He loved Jake. He saved him so many times. And then, in the end, he had let him die. And it hadn't been an accident. There's like a paragraph here. That's pretty awesome. Yep, that's right there. So, you go right ahead. (laughs) If you had given up your heart for the tower, Roland, you have already lost. A heartless creature is a loveless creature. And a loveless creature is a beast. To be a beast is perhaps bearable, although man who has become one will surely pay hell's own price in the end. But what if you should gain your object? What if you should, heartless, actually storm the dark tower and win it? If there is not but darkness in your heart, what could you do except degenerate from beast to monster? To gain one's object as a beast would only be bitterly comic, like giving a magnifying glass to an elephant. But to gain one's object as a monster, to pay hell is one thing, but to do but do you want to own it? Yes, and I, of course, continued with that, with he's thinking about Allie, he's thinking about the girl at the window, he's thinking about Cuthbert. And he said, oh, then he had loved. Yes, then. I do want to love, he cried. But although Eddie was also crying a little now with the woman in the wheelchair, the gunslinger's eyes remained as dry as the desert he had crossed to reach the sunless sea. Yes. Like, whoo! Roland. Roland is a machine. I guess bad news in here, right? And then section five is just a tiny little thing where it's like he could he would answer Eddie's question later. He would do that because he thought Eddie would do well to be on guard. The reason she didn't remember was simple. She wasn't one woman, but two. And one of them was dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Dada is not nice. No. So, yes, so... Eddie is still comforting her, and Roland decides to take the water skins and go fill them up. Which, Eddie, it says that Eddie tried not to be touched by this gesture, since technically it was his turn, but he, Roland's kind of like, I know that Eddie can probably take care of this woman better than I can, I'ma go. And it's like, Eddie was like, I it's kind of one of those you you're you're still pissed at him, but he you know he's doing this you know for the small kindness of his heart, and he he found himself touched by it. So it's once again you know that Eddie of course 
is attached to Roland's. Mm-hmm. And the further they go along, the harder it's been for them to get water. Yes. It's taking longer and longer to go seek out water. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. So now it is, we're just Eddie and Odetta. The mm-hmm. ones left on the beach. And it just talks about the lobstrosities and how uh, she's probably not going to want to eat them after... She finds out that they took Roland's foot and his fingers. This is pretty quick. And you just met her. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she listened attentively to Eddie, not speaking at all. Her eyes fixed on his. At one moment, Eddie guessed she was five years older than he. At another, he would guess she was 15. There was one thing he didn't have to guess about. He was falling in love with her. Like, Eddie, Eddie, it's been five minutes. I know you're a lonely man, and you've been in this desert for a little while. Not that long, though. <laughs> He's had a hard life, okay? So, yes, he he is falling in love with her, and I, I, I just find that funny. But, uh, oh, yes, and he found out her name, and he says he thought it was a gorgeous name. Even he, even Roland fast. thinks it's a pretty name. Yeah, but he he Eddie's falling fast. Oh like, no, he is. Just... He's falling real fast. So Eddie's trying to explain to her, like before before Roland left, Eddie explained how he got there, and he that's why she was just listening attentively, and now he's trying to get her opinion on the whole thing. So. It just says, she smiled a little and said one word. No. No. You're in denial. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. He said finally, what, what are you knowing? All of this. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, once again, noticing her strong arms. <laughs> but, uh. I understand how you feel. I had a pretty good case of the unrealities myself at first. And says, you get over it. No, she said again. I believe one of two things has happened. And no matter which one it is, I am still in Oxford, Mississippi. None of this is real. And this this is what the next couple pages is all. <laughs> yeah. This, it, it becomes a debate. She does not want to accept that. She is here. No. Of course, even her own logic tends to break here. Yeah. And at the same time, Eddie's starting to think things like... Because it says, I, I may have sustained a head injury, she said. They are notorious swingers of axe handles and billy clubs in Oxford Town. And for some reason, Oxford Town just strikes a chord with Eddie. He's like, I, I think I should know that. And it's for some reason he associates it with Henry. Good old Henry. So, she thinks she is in a coma. <laughs> that would be a strange coma dream. Yeah, she thinks she's in a coma. Hmm. To which, she the reason why she believes she's in a coma is she shows Eddie 
that this has happened before. And she mm-hmm. she shows him that she has this giant scar on her head. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I was in a coma for three weeks when I was five years old. And I had dreams. And they were really, really vivid. Yeah. It says, uh, of course, it says, as vivid as this place seems to be, and you, Eddie... When she said his name, his arms prickled. Oh, he had it all right. Had it bad. Eddie, you're just... He's done for. He's done for. (laughs) And him, she shivered. He seems the most vivid of all. (laughs) Are we real? No matter what you think, you smile. So pretty much he asks... How did you get that thing on your head? And she doesn't answer. It doesn't matter. He's like, no, but no, but I'm curious. I was struck by a brick. It was our first trip north. We came to the town of Elizabeth, New Jersey. We came in the Jim Crow car. What's that? She looked at him unbelievingly, almost scornfully. Where have you been living, Eddie? In a bomb shelter? I'm from a different time, he said. Could I ask you how old you are? Old enough to vote, but not old enough for Social Security. Well, I guess that puts me in my place. <laughs> and that's when he pretty much lays it out flat. I'm 23, he said, but I was born in 1964, the year you were living in when Roland took you. That's rubbish. <laughs> no, I-, I was living in 1987 when he took me. Yeah, about this. He dates down. They're yeah. quite interesting. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was talking about earlier. Because it's like, if he was taken in 1987, he should have known about the Freedom Riders. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe he didn't pay attention to school. We don't know he was a Class A student. So, the next thing I wrote down was Aunt Blue. Aunt Blue. Blue. Good old Aunt Blue. And the China set. About the brick. Yep. Her sisters were getting married. That's why they went up there. Good old Aunt Blue. So it's pretty much just... Yeah, my next one was Aunt Blue and uh, Four Special. <laughs> yeah, mine was... Uh, the. So they were able to give Aunt Blue a lovely china set, and I remember her voice faltered. One hand rose to her temple and rubbed absently, as if a headache were beginning there. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember what, Odetta? I remember my mother gave her a four special. A what? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've gotten a headache. I just got my tongue tangled. I don't know what I'm bothering to tell you this anyway. I mean, he's not real. Why are we telling him this? <laughs> well, if you're going to dream, you might as well talk to your dreams. You might as well. Have a good conversation. But it says... No, I don't mind. I meant to say Mother gave her a special plate. It was white, with delicate blue trace work woven all around the rim. Odetta smiled a little. Eddie didn't think it was an entirely comfortable smile. Something about this memory disturbed her, and the way its immediacy seemed to have taken precedence over the extremely strained situation she had found herself in, a situation which should be claiming all or most of her attention, disturbed him. So it's like, something in your head is worrying you more than the fact that you're in a, on a sandy beach when you were just in a Macy's store, but you don't even remember being in the Macy's store. Nope, don't remember the Macy's store. 
So yes. Smokies. After the reception, the aunt left for the Great Smokies, um, and then they called a taxi, which was not very nice. No. As soon as they saw who they were, what they were, what skin color they had, he's like, nope. And bounced. Yep. So, on that note, they decided they would just walk to the train station. Yeah. Nice time to stretch your legs. Mm Mm-hmm. So pretty much just, he, she said Oxford Town again, and that once again messed with Eddie's mind. He said, only suddenly other words came, just a single line, but he could remember Henry singing it over and over until his mother asked if he could please stop. Somebody save me. No, not, not quite. Somebody, <laughs> but somebody better investigate soon. Uh, you ever watched a... Uh... Smallville, like an episode of Smallville. Yes, that's, that's the opening song. Oh, it's been forever. I've heard it like a billion times. We watched <laughs> I don't know, like seven seasons of Smallville, and it opened up every time with those lyrics. But <laughs> just said he tried for more, but couldn't get it. And was that any real surprise? Had he could have been no more than three at the time. Somebody better better investigate soon. The words gave him a chill. Eddie, are you all right? Yeah, why? You shivered. He smiled. Donald Duck must have walked over my grave. Good old Eddie. Mm-hmm. So then she tells the story of the brick. The brick. The brick. She's a brick. House. <laughs> She's my <laughs> demented. Slay it all. Not not exactly what this is going. No, not quite. So they're walking, and she was thinking about just the Central Park clock chiming, and just her father had said that she he couldn't wait to see her face glow when she saw this clock. And so, as a child, she's starting to think, "Is it going to hurt when my face actually glows? Like, is that what this means?" So she's thinking about that when just bam. Lights out. Yeah. Everything went dark for a while. Then the dream started. Vivid dreams. She smiled. Like this dream, Eddie. Like this one right here. So then they go into wondering if it was just a falling brick or if someone just launched it at her. Mm-hmm. Well, they said it was an accident, mm-hmm. but, you know. What they said. Yes. So it says, so she says that and then asks about the lobster creatures just randomly. Will the lobster will your lobster creatures come out soon? No, not until dusk. And then he tries to bring her right back to it. Like, so this put you in a coma. That it did. And you think this is the exact same situation except it was a billy club or something? Yes. Okay, then what's the other one? Cuz she said there was two. Two things that she thought this could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Odetta's face and voice were calm enough, but her head was filled with an ugly skein of images which all added up to Oxford Town. Oxford Town. How did the song go? Two men killed by the light of the moon. Somebody better investigate soon. Not quite right, but it was close. Close. I may have gone insane, she said. Option B. <laughs> So either you're in a coma or you lost your mind. 
Or could be an option three. Yes? Real reality. So then, of course, <laughs> if you think you've gone insane, Odetta, you're nuts. Bryce could have unprofitable instead of remaining silent for a time, sitting by her wheelchair, his knees drawn up, and blah blah blah. Were you really a heroin addict? <laughs> So pretty much, then we get a description of Eddie, how he is now. Which we haven't really gotten that in a while since he came to the world. Am, he said. It's like being alcoholic. Or basing. It's not a thing you ever get over. I... What's basing? Oh, something hasn't been invented in your time yet. Um... Christ, no. Hey, was my thing, I told you. You don't seem like an addict, she said. Eddie actually was fairly spiffy. If that was one, was one ignored the blah blah blah. Next page. Pretty much, we find out that his hair had been short when Roland s- stepped into his life. And, Good for uh, passing customs. Yeah, <laughs> and with still a respectable length, he shaved every morning using the keen edge of Roland's knife, gingerly at first, but with increasing confidence. A nice habit he got into after. Henry. Henry got back from the army and yes. was super diligent about all this yes. stuff. Mowing the stubble, as he was on few others, foot powder after showering, teeth to be brushed three or four times a day, and followed by a chaser of mouthwash, <laughs> clothes always hung up, and he turned Eddie into a fanatic as well. The stubble was mowed every morning and every evening. Now this habit was deep in his grain, like the others Henry had taught him, including, of course, the one you took care of with a needle. Too clean cut, he asked, her grinning too white, she says shortly. <laughs> and it was quiet for a moment. Blah, 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 blah. Come back to something like that, he didn't know what it was. I'm sorry, she said. That was very unkind, very unfair, and very unlike me. And I like this next part, because it's like, it's not, it's like, it's, it's alright, it's not. It's like a white person saying something like, geez, I never would have guessed you or you know, black to someone with very light skin. And it says, You like to think of yourself as more fair-minded, Eddie said. What we like to think of ourselves and what we really are rarely have much in common, I should think. But yes, I like to think of myself as more fair-minded, so please accept my apology. On one condition. What's that? She was smiling, smiling a little again. That was good. He liked me. He was able to make her smile. Give this a fair chance. That's the condition. Give what a fair chance? She sounded slightly amused. In my burst, blah, 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 blah. That there's a third alternative. That this really is happening, I mean. Eddie cleared his throat. I'm not very good at the philosophical crap. Or, you know, (laughs) metamorphosis? Yes. Or whatever the hell you call it. Do you mean metaphysics? Maybe, I don't know. I think so. But I know you can't go around disbelieving what your senses tell you. Why, if your idea about this all being a dream is right... I didn't say a dream. Whatever you said. Whatever it comes down to. A false reality. And then she's like, Philosophy and metaphysics may not be your bag, Eddie, but you must have been a hell of a debater at school. <laughs> and, of course, he's like, I was never in debate. That was for the losers. Hmm. I like this other one a little bit later, a little bit further than the argument here. Yeah. It's like, uh, we could swap slang later all day. 
it's not getting us any place. What I'm trying to say is that if all, if it's all a dream, it could be mine, not yours. You could be the figment of my imagination. Yes. To which she she breaks that. She's like, no, 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 no. You have a clear understanding of what happened in time events. I'm missing something. To which she breaks that. Yes. And of course, uh, just like. She's still saying that he needed to be on the debate club. It's like, I don't want to debate you. I want you to wake up to the fact that you are awake. That's all. I might be able to at least operate provisionally according to the dictates of your third alternative as long as this this situation continued to go on, except for one thing. There's a fundamental difference between what happened to you and what happened to me. Yeah. And then that's when she's like, there's, you know... That that's there's breaks in my consciousness. As for myself, I arrived back from Oxford, was met by Andrew, my driver, and brought up to my building, where she took a shower and went to the evening news. And then, as he was talking, nothing. She woke up here on the speech. Yes, and it says, "You say you saw me in sort of mag- in some sort of magic doorway, which is now gone, and that I was in Macy's, and that I was stealing." All of this is preposterous enough, but even if it was so, I could find something better to steal than costume jewelry. I don't wear jewelry. You better look at your hands again, Odetta, Eddie said very quietly. And now she realized she was looking at her hands the entire time they were talking. And uh, there's jewelry on them. (laughs) None of this is happening, she repeated firmly. You sound like a broken record. And Eddie has finally lost it. He's finally getting mad about this. Like, come on. Every time someone pokes a hole in your neat little story, you just retreat to that, none of this is happening. You have to wise up, Detta. Don't call me that. I hate that. She burst out so shrilly that Eddie recoiled. Oh, no, she was not happy about that little name. (laughs) Not even a little bit. So, pretty much, he just keeps going. He he he. They he, he keeps trying to break her out of it. Pretty much. And he's like, but your memory didn't stop in Oxford. He says softly, "What? I'm served again, or maybe seeing uh, rings. If you got whacked in Oxford, how come your memories don't stop there? Which is very true. There isn't always a lot of logic to these things. Mm-hmm. And and now, if it's all the same to you, Eddie, I just soon enough end the conversation. My headache is bad, quite bad. Mm-hmm. That headache. That wonder. That, that terribly, terrible headache. I guess whether or not logic figures in all depends on what you want to believe. I saw you in Macy's, Odetta. I saw you stealing. You say you don't do things like that, but you also told me you don't wear jewelry. You told me that even though you'd looked down at your hands several times while we were talking, those rings were there then. But it was as if you couldn't see them until I called your attention to them, and that made you see them. And she just just starts shouting at him. So pretty much, that's the end of it. Eddie sees Roland, and Roland's looking pretty rough. Yep, sit down, Eddie took the bag. She looked all in. I am. I'm getting sick again. No. 
<laughs> Eddie looked at the gunslinger's flushed cheeks and brow, his cracked lips, and nodded. I hoped it wouldn't happen, but I'm not that surprised, man. You didn't bet for the cycle. Balazar didn't have enough K-Flex. And you, that's when Roland finds out that with penicillin, you gotta keep taking it until it's done. <sighs> but at least there's one door to go. Yep. But, once again, things aren't looking well. There's a dead that we have to deal with in a wheelchair, and it's getting harder and harder to find water, and <laughs> Roland's getting sick again, and now <laughs> leaving a lot up to Eddie again. Yeah. I have to tell you something about Odetta. That's her name? Uh-huh. It's very lovely, the gunslinger said. Yeah, I thought so, too. What isn't so lovely is the way she feels about this place. She doesn't think she's here. I know, and she doesn't like me much, does she? <laughs> Roland, how often does any of them really like you when they show up? The reasons are almost the same, the gunslinger said. She's not the woman I brought through, you see. Not at all. And then Ed, that's when it clicks in Eddie's head. Finally. Eddie is slow. <laughs> but there's the next part where it's like, no, she is not. His blue eyes studied Eddie carefully. Her hands. Listen, the gunslinger said, and listen carefully. Our lives may depend on it. Mine, because I'm getting sick again. And yours, because you have fallen in love with him. So, Roland, who's pretty much been out of this entire conversation, has walked away pretty much as soon as he saw Eddie holding her and just the way he looked. He's like... Roland's Roland's smart man. Roland's (laughs) smart man. She is two women in the same body. She was one woman when I entered her and another when I returned here. There was something else, something strange, but either I didn't understand it or I did and it slipped away. It seemed important. And he kind of looks back behind Eddie to the wheelchair lady and looks back at Eddie. And then gives his warning. Must be on your guard. Do you understand that? Yes, Eddie. His lungs felt as if they were very little wind in them. He understood, or had, at least a moviegoer's understanding of the sort of thing the gunslinger was speaking of. But he didn't have the breath to explain it. Not yet. He felt as if Roland had kicked all the breath out of him. Good, because the woman I entered on the other side of the door was as deadly as those lobster things that come out at night. Dun, dun, dun. Not as of dramatic the... of an ending chapter no. as some we have had. But it still has that strong dialogue. Well, and they have left Odetta with her headache over in the wheelchair for a few minutes. Yes. So, as the next chapter implies, Odetta on the other side. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But yes, because it said, yeah, just, I just, no, just no. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So for those of re- Well, the next chapter is even longer. It's going to be 31 pages for the next chapter. Woo! We'll have Before we get back into reshuffle. Oh, jeez. So, what we can guarantee, at least 
tell you without spoiling anything for you um, for next week is that there's going to be a lot of language changes. So if you guys are reading it with us, we won't be saying the exact things that are actually written in the book for... Not even a little bit. <laughs> for a good reason. And if you ever actually pick up the book, you'll understand why. Dada has a very uh, unique language of her own. Well, if you've and read it's... this, <laughs> even up to this point at all, you already know that. Yes, she's very vulgar. The way she acts, the way she thinks, the way she talks, everything is the lobstrosities in person. She's very anti-Eddie and Roland. Yes. Yeah, just yes. We'll go with that. Very. Two, two white men have suddenly kidnapped her. She's not happy. Yeah. Very, very angry. It will be interesting. <gasps> and that'll be the Christmas episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Merry Christmas, guys. Here's a crazy lady. <laughs> real reshuffle will be the New Year's. So. We'll be shuffling the New Year. Both will get filled oh God. next week. This Do I need week, to be worried? You were just like... Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> Get out. Crazy person. So yes, that... Good chapter. Oh, Dada. Uber pleasant. Dada. Uber unpleasant. <laughs> Roland knows this. Um, Roland... Eddie will soon know this. <laughs> Eddie is going to have a hard time with this. Because mm. in the very short minute... <laughs> minutes, yeah. ...that he has... Seen Odetta, he has fallen in love with her. You make himself and some uh, Odetta. So the stark contrast between the two women is going to be a bit rough on him. Oh yeah. Rude awakening. Not going to love uh, Odetta very much. No. <laughs> but that is the end of that chapter. Wow, I can't believe it's Christmas next week. Yeah. Christmas is popping up here before we know it. The best we have at the moment is the snowman. Yes. Card. That said, just came in today for chat, so. <laughs> <sighs> I'll have things decorated. Ah, you're right. But I believe that is it. It's the end of the chapter. We'll see you next week if you choose to participate, if you've made it this far. Yay! Uh, as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach me at KZ Pup. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on... Podcast services around the world, maybe, kind maybe. of, sort of. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how that works. I don't know either. So we can pretend. Subscribe to the channels, like the podcast, comment down below anywhere that you can. <laughs> comment down below anywhere that you can. I don't so know. So if you want to write on a sticky note and put it next to your keyboard, we'll see it. Sure, sure. After you take a picture of it and send it to us. <laughs> Oh, anything else? I don't believe so. Well, till next time, long days and pleasant nights. Are you Kung Fu Master? Yes. <laughs>